If you've got a Bible, turn to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, as we get started this afternoon. It says there in the first verse, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. That first verse there, though, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And then it says on in the, in the seventh verse there, there, in the second half of the seventh verse, there's a time to keep silence and there's a time to speak. And that's what I'd like to talk to you for a little bit this afternoon, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. I find it interesting that it says there's a, there's a time for everything. There's a purpose for everything. And so in my mind, when we read that, there's, there's purpose. When we keep silent, it's, to be, it's for purpose. When we speak up and we talk to people, it needs to be full of purpose. And so I really just want to look at those two points. When should we be silent? When should we speak up? When should we say something? And there's a few different points under each one that I'd like to talk about because I think it's important and I think as Christians we need to have purpose in the words that we say. Nobody would dispute that. You know, we talk about our speech often. You've heard that talked about many times from the pulpit. Uh, we, uh, we talk about how important our words are and, and what we say to people and we go back and we read out of the book of Proverbs like we're going to do this afternoon. But I, don't, I want to cover that because I think it's important, but I think it's more important, uh, or, or just as important rather, when we speak and when we're silent, as, as to what we say, that is. In the 6th and the 7th chapter of Acts, we, we read a story about Stephen. And I recently kind of studied over this, and I really... Really enjoyed it, and I think he shows in the 6th and 7th chapter a very good example for us of a time to keep silent and a time to speak. And we won't turn over there and read all 90 of those verses this afternoon, but it would probably help us to understand this story and this account of Stephen. In the 6th chapter of Acts, Stephen is ordained as a deacon and he begins to go out, and it says in the 6th chapter, he performed many miracles and, and worked many wonders among the people. But then to this certain group, he's, he's talking, and he's, he's teaching, about, he's talking about God, and he's talking about how the old law was put away, and they don't like it. And it says in several different areas uh, that they suborned men to go and to, to capture Stephen. They seek false witness against Stephen. And they start riling everybody up. It says that they stirred up men so that they would go and that they would capture Stephen. And they tell him, they lie to him, and they say that he's speaking blasphemy against God. He's speaking blasphemy against Moses. And they get these people riled up, and they 
capture Stephen. And then they go and they're, they're making all these accusations against him pretty clearly. Uh, and we have no account of Stephen saying anything from, from that point on until, I think, the second or third verse of chapter 7, which I found interesting. You would think that when people are accusing you of, of blasphemy against God, of, of lying about Moses, and about the history, that you would think that Stephen would go, hey, whoa, hold up. I'm not lying to you. And you would think he would say something. But I think he knew now's not the time to talk. I think he knew now's not the time to make a big deal out of this. And then uh, it might be the first verse in chapter 7. Uh, they give Stephen the floor. And I think he knows, I think he was smart enough. And I think he'd been in enough situations out teaching about, you know, Christ that he knew he was going to wait for his chance to speak. And then he gets his chance and he begins to teach them more about uh, the old law and uh, the passing away of the old law and bringing in the new law. That's not the point. Uh, I think he knew that was the time. And I think Stephen knew so well when it was time to say some difficult things. You know, it's hard for us to say difficult things to people. It, it's not a fun thing. Uh, I remember many times growing up, somebody saying, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And a lot of times I probably needed to hear that. Uh, however, that just that sounds good, but it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work to just not say anything at all. Sometimes something needs to be said. The truth needs to be stood up for. And I think that's what Stephen had to do. And as time goes on, we, we know what happened in, in Acts chapter 7. They, they end up stoning Stephen and they give him the floor to talk, and I, I think he knew now's my chance. And I think he could survey the audience, and he realized these people are here to harm me, and they, they don't care what I have to say. And I love it because Stephen doesn't hold any punches from there on out. He calls them stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and in ears. He calls their fathers murderers, and he, he says, you're the same. He doesn't hold any punches. And I think Stephen knows, now's my chance because it's my only chance to stand up for the truth. Now's my only chance to say something and have this tough conversation. There's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. And so I want to talk about that for just a short while this afternoon. Your speech is obviously important. This is, we hear sermons about this on a, on a regular basis, I'd say. It's a good reminder I don't plan on teaching you anything you've never heard before this afternoon, but what I think it is, is it's a good reminder and it's something for us to go back and fall back on uh, for our future experiences. In Proverbs chapter 10, it says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Our words are important. What we say is important. Ecclesiastes says that there needs to be purpose behind what we say because it says there's a time to keep silent. There's a time to speak. When we speak as Christians, we need to try to mimic, I guess, the first part of verse number 20. That our tongue, the words we say are just as choice silver. The tongue and, and the words that we speak to people as children of God need to be just like spiritual food. The lips of the righteous feed many. And if we don't, it, it paints a very horrible picture here. Uh, he that refraineth, refraineth his lips is wise. So there's a time when it's wisdom to be silent. But there's also a time when words are like food. 
from the righteous. They can feed people. So it's important to know when do we need to keep silent and when do we need to speak up. There's a few examples for when we need to keep silent. Uh, One of those coming in Proverbs 17, Even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. When do we need to be silent? When we don't know the answer. When you don't know the answer, it's probably a good time to be silent. Probably a good time to not say anything. A fool is even counted wise when he holds his peace, or he holds his speech. He doesn't speak, in other words. He's counted as wise. Sometimes we like to talk just to talk, just to hear ourselves talk. And Proverbs says that's a person considered a fool. I love this example here in John chapter 8 of Jesus. They tempt Jesus here. The woman was caught in adultery. They want to stone the woman. It says, uh, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Jesus knew this was a time to be silent. How he knew that, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if he was, uh, if Jesus was calculating his own answer and and thinking, what am I going to say to these people? Because they were trying to tempt him. I don't know if he was uh, waiting for them to figure out the answer on their own, if he was pausing for dramatic effect. (laughs) I'm not sure. But Jesus knew that it was a time to be silent. He knew it was a time... To not speak. And of course, later on, Jesus knows it's the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them what they need to hear. And he preaches to them. And he, he's, he knows when the time was to speak up. James chapter 1 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. We hear this over and over again about our speech. The time to certainly be silent is whenever we're mad. When we're angry, that's the time we say the things most that that we regret or that we shouldn't say. You know, just a little over a week ago, I was with some friends, and uh, I was driven to the point of anger by by some fellow. And my countenance had fallen, and I was wroth, as the Old Testament might say. And I was, I was angry with this guy. I felt like he took advantage of me and my friends. I felt like he saw that we were younger adults and thought he could get away with it, and in my opinion. Uh, I felt like he treated us unfairly and, and very poorly. And uh, we were out at this gentleman's property. And I told my friends before we left, I said, when we leave, I'm going to get in the car, and I'm not saying anything. Because if I do, I'll probably say something that I shouldn't say. And uh, anyhow, we uh, we did. We did just that, and and... And we just left. But I was, I was absolutely that angry. Uh, I've never fought anybody because I was so angry. And this guy was like 6'4". But I was, I was that angry. I, I kid you not. And uh, had he not been as big, I probably would have been a little quicker to wrath. But, uh, and had I not been there with my friends. But I, w- I was really that angry. And it it's just shows how important it is to, to, to keep your mind whenever you get angry and to try not to say anything. Because I promise you, had I said anything, it would have been something I regretted. And it would, have, it, would have just, it would have just caused problems for me. It would have made me more angry, probably to try to avenge my wrath out on this man. But what I'm saying is another example of when we need to keep silent, specifically as, as children of God, is, is whenever we're angry. 
Uh, this is a good example too in Acts chapter 15. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul, he thought it was no good to take with them, uh, take him with them. Um, speaking of John, uh, and who departed from from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention between Barnabas and Paul was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from one, one from the other. Let me tell you, when things get tough, when things are difficult, sometimes it's best just to not say anything. We have no account of words being exchanged. They just, let's go our separate ways. It's a good time to be silent as well. I don't tell you these things because I don't think you know them. I think it's a good reminder what I found more interesting out of this study was when do we need to speak up as Christians? Like I said, from my personal experience, I found a little older I get, it's easier to be silent when I need to not say anything than it is to speak up when I, when I do need to say something. It seems like that's a little bit harder to learn. And so I have a few examples here that for personally were better for me in this study. When to speak up as a Christian. In 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, it says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. There's one thing to remember. When we speak, not only do we speak with purpose, as it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, but when we speak, we speak as unto God. We speak as servants of God. We speak as someone who God has literally trusted with the fate of the gospel. He has trusted us with the gospel. And that's how He expects us to speak. Not as someone just to speak pleasing men. But we should speak because God has trusted us with the gospel. <clears throat> David gives us a good example of, of someone who needs to speak up. Uh, in ways that I've found the same in, in my life as well. And in the 32nd Psalm, when, when, with David there, it says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. If you read some of David's prayers in the book of Psalms, you know that he is in trouble and he is distraught and he is hurting. And, and we get a, a portion of that here in these verses. When he kept silence, his bones waxed old through his roaring all the day long. Not exactly sure what that means, but it doesn't sound good. Sounds like he was having a tough time. Sounds like he was driven to the point literally because of his sin and because of him staying silent, he was literally driven to physical pain and physical torment. I imagine his, his gut was just in knots. But as soon as he acknowledged his sin to God, as soon as he spoke up and prayed to God, and as soon as he was willing to talk about that with God, he knew that his iniquities would, would be hidden from God. As soon as he confessed it, he knew that God would forgive him. You know, sometimes we just fail to pray to God when it's the thing we need most desperately. They having a conversation with God and that the, uh, I guess, uh, the 
wall of partition, as Logan talked about this morning, being broken down by Christ and having that connection with God through Him, and how much that helps, and how much that helped David here, and how that's such an important time to speak up. We like to turn away from God whenever we sin, and we like to basically do what David did here and bury our head in the sand and wait for things to blow over and just get better on their own, but as soon as David was willing to acknowledge that fully to God, you get this great sense of relief. What an excellent time it is for us to speak up and to say something in this instance to God. In Acts chapter 18, we read here about Paul. When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said to them, Your blood will be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. It kind of it reminds me of what we talked about with Stephen in Acts 6 and 7. Paul says, Your blood be upon your own heads. Talk about a hard thing to say to somebody that you're trying to convince. By the way, your blood's on your own heads. And it's your fault. And I felt like that was pretty bold. Then he prays to God, and he gets a vision. And God says to him, be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. I thought he was doing that, kind of. But then God says to him, hey, don't hold any punches here. Don't hold any words back. Tell them the truth. Teach the truth. Speak the truth. Speak boldly. And be not afraid. I find that this is a time when we struggle as Christians to speak up and to speak the truth. When we hear somebody say something that we know is, is directly against what the Word of God says, and we go, yeah, I'm going to say some prayers about that later, instead of actually saying something, instead of actually doing something about it. And I think... If God were to talk to us in a vision today, my guess is he would say probably this. Speak. Speak up. Say something. Hold not your peace. Don't hold any punches. You tell them the truth. Because they need to know the truth. And then finally, one more in 2 Samuel. And I didn't put this one up there. It's a little longer. Let's read 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him, and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter." And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that had done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the son, this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Talk about a probably not fun conversation. Probably a pretty anxious situation to be in for Nathan. At the very least, it was incredibly uncomfortable, I would say. Incredibly. And he lets it all out there in front of David. And then he, he tells him that you're the one who's got a problem here, David. And while that might have been uncomfortable, and while that might have been difficult, and while that might not have been the conversation that Nathan wanted to have with David, it needed to be said. The conversation needed to be had. The words needed to be heard by David. How important was that for Nathan to speak up? And for Nathan not only to speak up, but to speak boldly, and to speak with purpose, and to get his point across to David. I just imagine had he acted in ways that I myself often act, what he would have done. If he'd have gone into to David and gone, hey, I'm going to tell you this story. And then David get angry and he'd go, yeah, you're right, that is a bad guy. Let's... Anyhow, well, we'll see you later. He said what needed to be said and it was not a fun situation. But it was what David needed to hear. You know, I've been in situations uh, with my own friends, again, where I witnessed something and go, that wasn't right. That's not okay. You shouldn't do that. And just gone, oh. Anyway, and forget about it. But in this instance, you know, being rebuked is what was needed. I think it's equally important, if not more important, to know when to speak up as to know when to be silent and when to keep your words to yourself as a Christian. You see, nothing... Nothing much changes whenever we're silent. The cards will fall where they may. But whenever we speak up, and we speak with purpose, and we speak the truth, and we speak it boldly as we've been commanded to, things change. And while in all these examples we've talked about today, the outcome wasn't always as perfect as it was with Nathan and David, uh, a lot of times it's what needs to be said. You might be thinking, well, I've already missed my chance. I've already said things that I shouldn't have said. I've already not said things and not spoken up and been bold when I needed to. And I found this 
example here in Matthew chapter 5, which doesn't exactly uh, align with what we're talking about, but I found it interesting. It says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath, hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree, agree with thine adversary quickly, while thou star in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. I think the same thing can apply here. The same line of thinking. If there's something you need to say to somebody this evening, maybe it's time to say it. You think, well, I missed my chance when it would have been really impactful, but I think if you, when you see that person, when you have a com next conversation with that person who openly uh, disagrees with some things that are true about the Scriptures, maybe it's time to have a conversation. It may not be fun, but maybe it's what needs to happen. And who, who knows what's going to happen? That person might, just like David, realize what's amiss in their life. And it might be the best thing that could possibly happen for that person. And of course, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. We miss chances. The sun goes down. But God gives us more chances to go back and to say things that we should have said, to go back and ask forgiveness of things we shouldn't have said. As we close this afternoon, I want to read Matthew chapter 12. <clears throat> but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You know, I read the scripture wrong for a long time. Uh, and I think it, it's not necessarily completely wrong, but you think, well, every, every single word I say for the rest of my life, I'm going to give account to God. And, and in a way, that's true. But the word idle there uh, is an interesting word. Uh, and one of the words as it's described as is a lazy word. I, I thought of that kind of as a word you say out of the side of your mouth. Uh, something you say, like in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, with no purpose. I think that kind of means, you know, the words that you say with no purpose... The words that you say just out of the side of your mouth, those are the words you're going to give account thereof. But when you're speaking with purpose, as we're taught to from the Scriptures, you know, what's, what's the harm or what's the transgression in that? But the words that we say out of the side of our mouth, the words that we say when we shouldn't be speaking, are the words that we're going to give account of in the Day of Judgment. I hope the study's been, been beneficial to you. I, I know it, it helped me out. Uh, it, it really helped me uh, over this last week because I was pretty angry with that fellow. But uh, I think, if anything, I'm going to be more purposeful with what I say in the future. And I don't know that God means to be purposeful with every little small conversation you have all day and it needs to be speaking perfectly and prompt and everything. But I think He means there's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silence. And you need to have purpose behind that. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.